discussions with representative bodies such as the PFA and will conduct due diligence with regard to any decision we make on this matter. Three men who appeared in court today have been, have been remanded in custody, charged with murdering St Helens teenager Jordan Campbell. His body was found in par on New Year's Day. 1,500 jobs are at risk after fashion retail chain Bank went into administration. It's understood there are several firms interested in buying the company, which has more than 80 stores, including several in Merseyside. People across Liverpool face financial ruin after Christmas. Shelter, the homeless charity, sends 3 million people nationwide a concern and they can't afford rent and mortgage deadlines. Steve Radford runs the Hope Centre in Tubrook. Society as a whole suffering. Merseyside and Liverpool are suffering even more so. And because of the demographic makeup of people by employment and also that we are already, um, a bit like Cornwall in a way, a, a relatively low wage part of the UK economy. It's good news for drivers this evening as another supermarket fuel price war has begun with the four big chains announcing cuts at the pumps. As does Sainsbury's Morrison and Tesco are taking two pence off a litre of unleaded and diesel in the coming hours. And today radio history was made with the launch of a brand new radio station across Liverpool, the North West and North Wales. City Talk has a new sister station called Radio City 2 which can be heard on digital or 1548am. Group content director Owen Ryan's been explaining what it all about. Put simply, it's a wider choice of music, more local news, uh, more local traffic, and uh, you know, great content that matters where people live. In sport, Colo Toure says Liverpool need to respect Wimbledon in the FA Cup tonight. The Dons are 72 places below the Reds ahead of tonight's third round clash, but Toure is warning that that doesn't mean they can take them lightly. I think that uh, is all about uh, concentration, you know, and respect. You need to respect th those teams. If they are, they are still there, that means they are a good team and they fight and I think we need to respect them and by uh, when I say respect we have to, to just prepare yourself like uh, it's going to be a Premier League game. And Roberto Martinez has revealed he will look to strengthen his Everton squad this month. With Tim Howard out, injured for several weeks, the Blues boss has told City Talk he's looking for a goalkeeper. Joel Robles has been working really hard behind the scenes to, to get his opportunity and now he's having his opportunity. But having Tim out for such a long period is, is a bit of a risk. I do feel that we need to see if it's a, an opportunity to make us a bit stronger in that area. City Talk weather overnight with some showers early on tomorrow morning. Highs of around 7 degrees Celsius. Now it's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. Happy New Year, Neil Atkinson, Dave Downey, with you until 7 o'clock, at which point you can flick over to uh, Radio City and listen to Steve Hoddersall and Neil Mellor commentate on AFC Wimbledon versus Liverpool, kicking off this evening about it. It's f 5 to 8, isn't it, I think? Is that right? I think so. They won the Cup, you know, against Liverpool one year. Did they, yeah? Yeah, I haven't heard about it all day. And my word, hey, you know, and then there's people going very smarmily, oh, well, you know, it was the other team yeah, and all this sort of stuff. Dons, yeah. really. Oh, God, it's like this sort of this sort of horrific back yeah. and forth. Uh, Vinny, Vinny Jones put a tackle in. Well, no one else did in the <laughs> mid-80s. Yeah. No one else ever put a tackle in in the mid-80s. No one. And then Vinny Jones did it, and suddenly Liverpool weren't very good at football anymore because that's exactly what happened. It's, uh, yes, it's been ludicrous build-up, really. The, the, uh, the, way, the point at which your football coverage feels as though it's being done by infants, I think, is this one.
one. Yeah, um, yeah Vinnie Jones put a tackle in. Trigger pulled a face. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Del Boy fell through the bar. You must remember them in the 80s. All these things happened. Yeah. Yes, indeed. There was uh, the Men were men back then. Steve McMahon didn't lie around on the floor rolling around. The referee didn't book Vinnie Jones. What with them having put up a leg break and tackle in. Yeah. Football was better back then. It was just <laughs> better. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that, that's the 80s for you. That's all you need to know. Liverpool won a lot as well, which which, which is also a positive. And Everton and overlooked quite, as well and today. Uh, yeah, and Everton were quite good. Uh, that was the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Frankie goes to Hollywood number one, the 80s. In fact, I'd happily stay for an hour of this nostalgia, Neil, and uh, <laughs> talk about what's really going on at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, we've just uh, just, just, just referenced things happening that, are, that aren't happening. Now we'll do part one on uh, Everton because we'll probably build towards Liverpoolian crescendo as it wears on. I believe that extra time has, has just dominated uh, on Everton's problems. Just before the, the, the show started, I said to Dave Downey, it was nailed on. Everton weren't going to get a win at Hull. Mm. Sorry, Everton were going to get beat at Hull. There's a variety of reasons why it was nailed on Everton were going to get beat at Hull. And one of those reasons, and people don't like to say this, is that Hull was sort of just due a win. Yeah. Yeah, and in that, you know, Hull are all right and they'll, they'll finish the season. They might go down, they might not, but they'll finish the season with a certain amount of points. To get those points, they'll win a certain number of home games. They hadn't won a home game for ages. They just banged on the door repeatedly against Leicester. They were sort of just going to get one. In that, at the moment, Everton aren't good enough. And this is my running thing with both Liverpool and Everton and a lot of sides at the moment. The, other than maybe the top two and possibly United because of the goals United have got in them no one else is good enough to pull their football perpetually away from the random i.e. basically any given season there's a set of teams in, in the middle of the division they win some games they draw some games they lose some games mm. and you might as well just almost pull them out of a hat beforehand and because the shortcomings this season of Liverpool and Everton but also I'd say and Arsenal and Spurs and for a period of time United but they've got the firepower now to get them out of it we've sort of fallen back into those sorts of situations wherein they were just sort of due one and Everton weren't going to be good enough to resist this whole side just being due one mm. and that's the problem last season Everton were 75 points they went to places they were they, they, they were that much better this season it's not the case yeah I, I think you, you sort of you think that this is back to you know going back in time again, nineties style. You know where you'd see a side that was due a win, a side that's battling relegation. You'd see them pick up that win, and it'd always be against your team. Yeah, um, it had that very, it had that feeling too. I actually thought we get beat against Hull actually um, before the, the three games over Christmas. I thought Hull would be the one that would trouble us the most, uh, and, I, and I thought Yelovich had scored as well. With that also happened, um, but it's becoming too often Neil with Everton. And yeah, the, the problem that I'm seeing. Um, is well, two things. Firstly, uh, one is we we were very very soft. We're Everton have become an easy side to play against, an easy side to predict, and an easy side to figure out where the holes are and how you exploit them. Uh, it, it's not hard to see. You press Everton high up the pitch because they're trying to play off from the back. You'll steal the ball. There will be a mistake. There is guaranteed to be a mistake. And the bad thing about that is, the players know there's going to be a mistake. You can see on their faces and it's very much an attitude thing and uh, it's something that Moyes would never suffer for I hate to say it but he would never suffer that sort of thing um, and, and he had some really low times with Everton but one of those would never be a lack of uh, bravery showing yourself uh, standing up and being a man that seems to be a problem with Everton and the other thing is discipline I don't see enough discipline in the side. I don't mean reckless challenges. I don't mean, you know, players going off the, off the rails and, you mm. know, kicking off on others. I'm talking about 
discipline in possession. I'm talking about caring that the football is in your possession, caring that you have to find one of your teammates with the ball. That is just simply not happening at the moment. And there's no alternative. You know, people say no plan B and all that rubbish. There's, there's, there's no alternative because how can you ask, for instance, I'm going to single him out, Sylvain Distan, 35-year-old, seasoned professional, good defender, really good defender over the years. How can you ask him, and I think Liverpool may have suffered this at some point, Neil, uh, under Brendan Rodgers, how can you ask him at the age of 35 to change everything he's known about football, start bringing the ball out from the back and passing it into feet in the midfield to a lad who's 21 years of old, uh, 21 years old, trying to turn and create chances at every time he gets the ball. It's it's ludicrous and it's... You know, we always used to say, you, you always used to tell me Moyes is brilliant at playing the percentages. That has just been a total U-turn to players that are used to playing the percentages. Yeah, and that's what I saw it against Newcastle. And what struck me about it was, and this is, would, be, would be the most important, most frustrating thing for me, it was not entirely dissimilar to Liverpool against Leicester, actually, in a sense. Just play well for five minutes. Mm. All Everton needed to do, certainly when they got when they gone ahead, all Everton needed to do in that first half <laughs> was play well for five minutes. Mm. They'd have played well for five minutes. They'd have, they'd have took the game away from Newcastle. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, you know, you could even see it at three-one. When Everton make it three-two, Newcastle are an absolute state. They're at sixes and sevens at the back. You know, they're terrified of it being three-three because these aren't good players, and they weren't good players, and they weren't sure of themselves. And Everton made it first. They made it easy for them in terms of not doing a lot of the, the, the basic things well enough, mm. as, you, as you just described there, but also they just simply failed to play good football for 10 minutes. And if they'd have done that, 10 minutes breeds another 10 minutes in the mm. second half. And I think that this... I thought that was Liverpool's problem against Leicester as well. I think that there's this odd sort of... Uh, when this football, when the, the football that both managers want to play within reason, there's differences in their approaches. But you know, it, it's also there's, it's very much based around being good at football, being good with the football, trusting your teammates. There's a, there's an issue with this football when it cracks, because when it cracks, it you haven't got a lot to fall back on, no. and that I think is the problem, which I, I think both. I've suffered from at times this season, and a different, and and, in, and that's almost say in different ways as well. But what, you know, what seeing it, seeing Everton against you know against Newcastle again, you know, there's there's the, we, we I think I'd like to think that we have the consistency on this show to act as though there's very few right answers in football, and there's yeah. very few wrong yeah. answers, and this is you know it was another example there in that match where the man I can see exactly what it is that Martinez is trying to achieve. I can see exactly how his players are trying to achieve it. They're not they're not not going out there and doing what he wants, no. but. There's just there's just this five percent that's just not quite right, yeah. and it's 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 not open. Nothing's wrong, but it's just there. Yeah, but going back to again the percentage comment that you made under Moyes, if, the, if that didn't work, Everton would fall back graciously to a, a state of mediocrity where they could still probably get grind out the draw out of a game. They wouldn't get beat two three nil. They wouldn't concede many goals. Mm. There was a, a nice cushioned barrier between you know a, a margin of safety. For yeah, Everton. yeah. When you talk about this way cracking, the way Martinez played, the way Rodgers plays, um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go slowly into a deterioration. It catastrophically dives. Well, it's it, it floors and ceilings. Exactly, and there's no, there's no mediocrity <laughs> with Everton at the moment. There's no done all right there. There's no six, out, yeah. six out of ten. Yeah, there's no ten minute spell where you think, hang on, we've done well there, we should have took advantage of that spell. Uh, the last one of them came against Spurs, I think. Mm. Uh, early on against yeah. Spurs. Early on against Spurs, we had that spell where we probably should have gone maybe two, three nil up, game's over then. then you can, that, that's, how, that, that's what breeds confidence. Um, like you say, it escalates, you get that five minute spell, 
turns into a 10 minute spell and it continues that way gradually and you gradually build confidence up I don't see that happening anytime soon and there's the profound issue is the floor and ceiling arguments yeah. which is that there's, there was a limitation on the football that Moyes played mm. which was that it wasn't going to get you any higher than a certain point mm. but it, it had a it had a very defined flaw to it which is that it basically I mean there's, there's one or two seasons that are outliers in this mm. but on the whole David Moyes' sides for Everton and practic- practically wherever he went they're going to come 7th to 12th and there's, there's a couple of outliers either side of that yeah. but they're going to come 7th to 12th and you can sort of you can sort of relax into that being the situation the Martinez problem is there's every chance that for, if Everton were having the season last season that they had last season this season you'd now be talking about the title challenge yeah you'd actually be thinking we can get in the mix here mm. with what's happening with the, the sides are above and around yeah. us you would genuinely be thinking that whereas the problem now that Everton have got is that the worry is you don't know where the floor is you don't know where the stops you don't know yeah that's genuinely a thing now yeah. as to where it, as I say under Moyes your worst case scenario was well we might not now get a bit of a challenge or get up there or come seventh but we we'll probably won't do any worse than twelfth I don't know what you probably won't do any worse than sentences and yeah. that's the problem no that's spot on it's like it's like playing roulette isn't it you know Moyes have covered the board half the board with all of his chips Martinez have put them on a select few numbers Martinez wins <coughs> you know it, 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 you get the fruits of that yeah bit. Um, and there's no there's no end in sight for how low it can go because you know let's compare it to Wigan yeah, and you, you know it doesn't bear thinking about really because he persisted with it with Wigan. Well, so there's, there's too many good players. I mean, I think there's a. Unique... That, that's the one saving grace, Neil. That that, that, that makes me think Everton never get. Yeah, there's too many good players. Spot. But the, the the issue, I I think that I, I, we'll talk about Gerard, and I want to talk about Gerard in a slightly different way. We'll talk about Gerard, but I think one of the issues that I saw when I, Everton and Newcastle distant legs have gone, mm. and. I mean, it's astonishing they've lasted as long as they have. But it's when, when, when a centre-half legs go, they go. Mm. And you could see in almost everything he was doing, he just was nowhere near as snappy as he used to be. And when I say used to be, I'm only talking six to 12 months yeah, ago. That's right. Three years ago, you know, he was one of the most underrated centre-halves in the country from mm. a pure defensive point of view because of his physicality, because he had both he had both size and he's got presence. He's a leader, but he's also he's, he's nippy. He couldn't mm. get himself yeah, around quick, the pitch. Yeah. I thought against Newcastle, it was the first time I think I've watched Sylvan Distan. And, and I, I put it out on Twitter and a few blues said it's been the case for a, f- a few weeks, but it's the first time mm-hmm. I'd seen Everton no, yeah. and gone, oh God, oh God. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a lad who now, who, who basically might have to drop two divisions very quickly yeah. or, or pack in. Territory of legs going. And it just happens to centre half. It happened to Stefan Honcho almost yeah. overnight. I remember it happened to Sol Campbell really, really quickly. You know, he's played and he ends up playing for Notts County in, in, in League One, League Two. You're absolutely right. And, and the other one's Gareth Barry. Yeah. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And Gareth Barry needs now needs a ton of managing. And this is back to my, you know, right things, wrong things. I haven't given Gareth Barry a three year contract. And at the time it felt it felt a bit wild. But you understood why, because they wanted the consistency from last year. You then if you don't do it, you've got to go and get a new footballer in. Then you that new footballer's a gamble because all transfers are gambles, it could go either way. So we can just give this lad this new deal. And then and you can understand completely why, but you're looking at that now, and it might just be because the games have come thick and fast. And I love Gareth Barry as a footballer and I've done for many years. But God Gareth but he looks as though he's finding it really hard work. But where, where's the managerial control coming to it, Neil? Because he, he's persistent with him. He's getting a game every single week. But, but I, the reason for that, though, is because you put the players you trust on the pitch. And I, I, this is the thing I would say about it being, it's not our job. But so even when the daft visibly poor, though? Because, it, cause it might, cause they might look good in training, because it might turn around, because sometimes yeah. it does. And, I, I, you know, I, I feel sorry for managers in this instance, because, for instance, I, I, I understand why Rogers picks Lucas and Gerrard against Leicester. I'd have picked Gerrard and Henderson in sentiment, mm. not Lucas and Gerrard. But I understand why, because he looks at Lucas and Gerrard and he goes, I can trust them. 
and then when things don't happen, you know, it's 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 easy to go. It's easy to point to the alternative. Yeah, yeah. But it's easy, also easy to go. Well, you know, obviously X, Y, or Z. But the point about this is, well, these are me, these are me trusted season professionals. These are me, me lads. I'd, you know, I'm backing it. I feel as though my back's against the wall. All of our backs are against the wall. Mm. Who stands up and, be, and is counted every day? Who leads these lads in training every day? Who's the example I tell them for, to learn from every single day? Well, it's that lad, or it's that lad, or it's that lad. Well, I'll, p- I'll pick them. Mm. And then, but the problem is, then they're on the pitch. It's an actual football match. It's going at 100 miles an hour. He's played 30 minutes, and you're looking at it going, Gareth Barry can't handle this here. Yeah. It's gone too fast for him. So now they're managing a massive decision because if you drag him, then, you know, he's got the, I think he had the armbands against Newcastle. Right, yeah. You drag him, you've hooked the captain. It's like you're making a statement of yeah. intent. It's huge. And then everyone's looking at each other going, yeah. well, who's, who's the leader? And these these situations, I think, are, are really are harder for managers than I think we think they are. Yeah, I, I can I can concede that. But I mean, the other side of that argument is, you know, you look at the amount of changes he made against Newcastle. Mm. Although he did persist with Gareth Barry, you've got Leighton Baines playing a defensive midfield as well, which allegedly he took him to see Philip Lamb play just to say, look, you can do this, Leighton. Uh, uh, you know, that's one that everyone will love. Do you know what I mean? That's what, that's what all the Blues will love. Oh, he's been watching Philip Lahm, this lad. He's going to be the best defensive midfielder the Premier League's ever seen. Puts him in midfield, he runs around like an headless chicken. Uh, brave enough to put Luke Garbett in, which I've been calling for at left-back. The lad didn't do a lot wrong. No. Uh, Barkley comes on at half-time, plays a deeper role with Leighton Baines alongside him. It's all a mess. So I can understand what you're saying in, in terms of playing you, you tried and trusted. He, I mean, again, you know, you, you plays him against Krasnodar in the Europa League, tied as a dead rubber. It, for obvious reasons, got a lot of kids around him. He's yeah. going to be the experienced figure leading the charge with them. That's fair enough. Um, but I, I just think how, how you can show such a modicum of control in that instance and then go completely to the other extreme. I know, yeah. And mix it up so much. It doesn't make sense. No, I think it's, as I say, I think it's... I. I I think having older players is one of the, the hardest things to deal with when you also simultaneously feel as though they're, they're, they're quite definitively amongst your better ones. Mm. And I, I don't think at the moment, I don't think it's straightforward for Martinez. I think it's it, it is, it's a hard job for a variety of reasons. One being obviously that it's, that it's a year on from, from what it was last year. It doesn't feel necessarily as much of a relief. I think the, the key thing that I think needs sorting out for Everton is that he gets, for instance, Jackie Elker on the pitch as quickly as... Uh, as much as he possibly can, that he gets McCarthy on the pitch as much as he can, he gets Barkley on the pitch as much as he can. I'd say that he gets Naismith on the pitch as much as he can, and through that central spine of of, of effectively four, four or five in there, and then uses judges his time for people like Barry and all that sort of stuff. Mm. The Baines thing's fascinating because he's clearly got a problem with Garbus. Again, yeah. this is it's, it's, there's so much where he needs he knows he needs to get he needs to get him on the pitch. For a variety of reasons, not least this contract situation, which yeah. I think is still unresolved, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So he's got this situation where he needs to get this lad on the pitch because this lad wants games, but the f- fellow in front of him is one of the best three left backs in the country uh, on his day. So this is what he's up against on, on, on everyone's day. He's one of the best three left backs in the country. This is what he's up against then. So the, he's looking at this thinking, what can I do with this lad? And he, and I think it's really it's really hard to work out. We've had a similar thing with Glenn Johnson. Loads of people just want to get on Glenn Johnson's back. But as fullbacks get older, 
because it's a young man's game, there's so many shuttle runs, so many sprints, all this sort of stuff involved. What do you actually do with a fullback now yeah. when he when he's getting older? And obviously he's thought maybe I'll have a look at him in centre-mid. And this is again where you can see you can see the process through it. But that's a very extravagant choice to make, isn't it? Uh, why in a, that's when you're not you know when you're struggling in a league game. I think it's I, th- I, I think it's certainly one that you could have held off on until until this cup game tomorrow night. Exactly. As an yeah. example, I think it's one that you could have held off on until tomorrow night, but. He clearly wants to get the young lad on the pitch. I think that's the key thing here is that he knows that this 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 football is a proper footballer. But the next game, Neil, he's not even in the the eighteen. Yeah, which is I don't know what I really, you know, he's the idiots calling for his head and things like that. That that's you know we're nowhere near that stage. But but when you, when you're not winning, it's infuriating. But but that's because you're not winning. If you'd won at Newcastle and then he'd have done that, you wouldn't even be mentioning it. And that's the. This yeah. is the. This is the issue. That's the psychology behind it. Well, the it? issue with everything in football, I think, the issue which, which the entire thing about football, front and back, up and down, is winning papers over the cracks. Yeah. And every football club, I think, we'll talk about one of this in part two with Gerard, I think. But every football club, I think, has got cracks. Every single one of them. Um, no one is doing this perfectly in the world. No one is nailing every single aspect of whatever it is, getting everything absolutely right. No one. Real Madrid have just, well, until last night, have won 22 consecutive games. But I'm sure you could, if you really tried, find things to moan about. <laughs> but no one's moaning because you've won 22 consecutive games. Yeah. You can all, winning papers over, all sorts of cracks. So if he does that mad thing with Garbutt, but you've beaten Newcastle, then everyone goes, then no one even mentions it. Yeah, it's innovative then, almost, isn't it? Well, he's looking people after the, the other side of it, yeah. People say he's looking after the lads, and we'll probably see him against West Ham and it'll be good to see him against West Ham we can get play play Goodison then and he'll be he'll be, he'll be 100% for it maybe we'll move Baines inside like we did against Newcastle wasn't a great result against Hull but you never know and then we kick on from there winning papers over almost every crack in football um, we'll talk about that in the context of uh, Liverpool letting Steven Gerrard go uh, we'll do it after this break It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9 Indeed, all in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Downey with you until seven o'clock. Uh, Going to go to uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk we'll talk briefly about Gerrard and then we'll, we'll kick on to talk about Liverpool's Christmas. That will get lumped into there as well, and then the forthcoming game against Wimbledon. Um, the Gerrard thing, haven't had the the days now to sort of reflect on it. In the the parlance that I was just using there, Dave, I don't think that there's no there's no ideal, there's no perfect outcome, there's just a least worst scenario, mm. and I think Liverpool have sort of managed to end up in the least worst scenario. I think it's quite easy for people to say things like, well, he should have been... If you take Gerard's interview of face value, where he talks about the key moment for him was when it was the idea that he'd have to have his games managed more aggressively, that he wants to play, that he wants to feel as though he's involved firstly. Secondly, you look at his entire life you know this is this is Liverpool's captain who doesn't feel comfortable going out in Liverpool City Centre because of the kerfuffle that a move away might just simply be good for him uh, at some point in there thirdly there's this idea I think that there can be smooth transitions from playing into some sort of either ambassadorial or coaching capacity whereas if the footballer still wants to play football every week which Gerard does it's difficult one two you know I don't really think there's many comparable examples in English football of someone doing it as one smooth move while still having a playing career. Mm. I, I, you know, I think it's the sort of thing which I think is easy to say that, that this is something that you should be it's able to ideal, do. It's an ideal, isn't it? Yeah, it's, an, it's a dream scenario, really, and I can understand completely why people want it to happen, and certainly where Gerard's concerned, because he's, because in essence, he's, he's, he's so respected, and he's so respectable, that I think you want that, you want to yeah. feel as though it's possible for him. But is it fundamentally, what, I, I still can't quite mentally map that out, and what does it look like in a contract, and what does it mean 
mean for your playing time and what does it mean for the other how do the players in the squad view what's going you know, it's not a clean process there's probably ways to do it and there's probably other countries and cultures that do it better the only comparable one is Ferguson United and then what happened to Ferguson United after Ferguson went mm. and I think that that's, that's a really fair comparison in one, level, one sense but the other problem with that is it's Ferguson United mm. where what Alex says goes you know where he's he's lord and master of all these surveys and no one no one else in the league now with the possible exception of Wenger actually has that sort of no other manager has that sort of thing so I think that's difficult but also I just think it's all in. I think it's tricky, whereas now, I think everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows he's going to go. And what I'd like to see for the rest of the season, certainly in league games, off the back of this, is Jordan Henson starts in centre midfield. And I think what this means now is Liverpool can start planning for the succession. And not even for the succession, they can just start sorting out the next bit. And they can do it in a manner which everyone knows that they're sorting out the next bit. So there'll be the desire that, you know, people want Gerard on the pitch because, not least because he's still good, and it's important to say that, but I think what this means now is everyone knows where we are, everyone knows what's going on, everyone knows what's at stake, everyone knows what the next steps have got to be, everyone knows what everything means right the way through now in this process. It's open, and whilst... You know, there's other other ways this could have gone. It could have been that there was a back and forth that went on for longer, that resulted in him still doing, taking the same course of action, but in March and April, it could have become a dominating thing. It could have been one of those where Rodgers is thinking, I want to get him more playing time because I want him to know he's got a place here when it might not have been necessarily the right thing to do, but Rodgers wants him around, and I completely understand why Rodgers wants him around because it seems very clear Rodgers wants him around. But everyone now knows where they are so they can start making decisions. I think the, the great thing about him um, to, to come through from his interview, I, I think he's to be admired for making a purely football decision. I know he said that the family thing is, and all that are going to the States and things um, and maybe wanting to try something new, but he seems to me he's made that decision purely based on football because he won't be getting as much game time at Liverpool. Um, the, I mean, to counter that, I still think if Steven Gerrard stayed at Liverpool beyond this season and he was only a bit bar player, I still think he could achieve a lot for Liverpool. He could do a lot for Liverpool. And I think that, that that's sort of the regret that I think they'll always be there. I think, but I think the other side of that, there is the idea of a bit bar player, I think, just doesn't, doesn't suit no. Steven Gerrard. And I think that, you know, there's... There's examples from the past that you can pull, for instance, you can pull Gary McAllister in as, as one where you know, he had such an impact on a running for Liverpool and all this sort of stuff. And you, the, the, There are many examples of where this happens, but I also think that the, the, there's, there's other sides to that sort of thing. You know, every week is, is Stephen playing. We're going to get Stephen today or not? Um, the, the squad themselves not being entirely sure on on you know what his role is specifically within the team. The, the issue around sort of around... If he plays centre mid, what that does. If he plays higher up the pitch, what does that do? The what what Liverpool do when they when they're playing well, which is with all the energy, mm. which is with all the movements, all the harry and all the closing. You know, you, you, at times it feels as though Lucas Leiva is a passenger in that team. N never mind what would then be. You know, he's thirty five in May. What would then be a thirty five going on to become thirty six year old Steven Gerrard? And he's undoubtedly, almost problematically, still have some very good games. And then it'd be will you play Steven in the next one? But the manager will be thinking, well, I don't want him. Or, you know, or my ideal world are done, but maybe I feel now I've done... And it, so, in many ways, it's become such a divisive issue that... So, that's a divisive is the wrong word. I just think... The fans is divisive, though, isn't it? So He's always been divisive in the last... Years yeah, I mean, it, it, there's, there's, there's a divisiveness there, I think, for the supporters. But I think, again, going back to what I was saying previously about Martinez, when you're back against the wall, you play the lads you trust. Mm. And you've got this, this, this colossus that you trust. 
and so you you, you play him. You want to get it. You want to see him get on the you get get on the pitch. You know you've got to manage his fitness. This is the other thing as well, and I think this is important. He had loads of injuries prior to uh, prior to Rogers' arrival, and one of the reasons why he ceased to have as many injuries is because Rogers played him every game, and Rogers managed his fitness primarily on the pitch. Trusted that he had the the, the the physical fitness to go day day after day after day. Sometimes you know with different sort of training. But Liverpool have had Gerrard as fit as they have because he's played, playing as big gap playing as big gap playing, and that's what's happened and that's what's worked for him. And so I think there's a, there's a worry there that if you start to reduce his games, what does that do to his fitness? Do you have to then train him differently? Does that mean that you're going to risk more injuries come right the way along the line? I think it's all it's all murky, and I think that what removing him does. And what him choosing to remove himself, because I still think that's the main thing. There was a contract on the table for him. But I think what him choosing to remove himself has done is in an understated, very Steven Gerrard way, he's sort of solved a little bit of a problem for a few people, including himself. And without, he won't do the song and dance about it. He still backs himself as a footballer. He still wants to play every week. But I think he's thought, I can, sort of, I can, help, I can help out a bit here. And I wonder if that's part of what's motivated. The fact that it's come and it's come early as well is the idea of, I'll just be open, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. It's all very, you know, it's all very Steven Gerrard when you look at it that way. But I think all in, it is primarily a football decision. He wants to play football. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the what, he leave, what he will leave behind, um, and this is what we sort of touched on with, with Sangi in the previous hour, um, in, in terms of how big this now becomes for Jordan Henderson. Um you know, we've spoke many a time. I, I'm a great admirer of Jordan Henderson. There's no secret about that. But I wonder how... I mean, you're saying you should be playing him in the base of the midfield now. He should be the mainstay in that midfield. I completely agree. But in, in terms of a role as a leader, as a captain, does Brendan Rodgers start looking elsewhere? Because, I mean, was that a role designed for Henderson to take up beyond having to do it at the end of this season. I don't, I don't think it was... I don't think when they give him the vice-captaincy they think it's going to happen quite so quickly. Yes. Yeah. But I think what's crucial here is that Jordan Henson's got 191 Premier League appearances. Um, let, let's use the other night as an example. I was, I was the most annoyed I've ever been about the Liverpool game the other night against Leicester. For, the most annoyed I've been for a while because I actually just thought that it just needed people to do sensible things. The football match just needed people to do sensible things mm-hmm. for five, ten minutes in there in that second half before Leicester had scored. It just needed five minutes of players getting hold of the ball, showing for one another, helping out, even to a certain extent slightly abandoning the shape they were playing in a little bit and just basically saying, let's just get to 65 because their legs will go, the spirit will go and they'll go, you know what, it's the last one of a long period, this, let's just let's just get out. That's what, that's what happens in football matches. On the pitch, Sacco is captain France. Torrey is captain to Arsenal, and I think he's, he's probably captain the Ivory Coast. Yeah. Gerrard, Liverpool captain, and Steven Gerrard. Lucas Leiva and Jordan Henderson. They were all on the pitch. You know, when people talk about the importance of experience, well, Liverpool can't put more experience than that on the pitch. They were all pretty much bang there in terms of... M- many sides, it's tough to put that much experience on the pitch. That's what you've got there, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Mm. What should have happened in the football match didn't happen, and that's with those players there. And that's where, I think... I think there's there's the off the pitch role that we don't know about, and I think that the most interesting thing about the Gerard, Gerard's announcement and the aftermath of it has been the number of other footballers who've gone. As far as I'm concerned, he's an incredible professional. He's someone I admire. I you know short words short of love. It was all a little you know. It's, I'm I'm quite reserved and all this sort of stuff. I know probably Evertonians listening probably think I'm not, but I'm all quite you know. It, it came as a shock to me to be honest with you because that's the impact he has. He's had behind the scenes with his demeanour, with the way in which he, he goes about his business. He's clearly 
really had quite a profound effect on a few of these lads. And that's a really good thing. And that's the thing I'm worried about more than the thing on the pitch. You know, I've seen Henderson slaughter referees much more than Gerard does, as an example. You know, be prepared to take that captaincy role of going to the referee mm. and going, I'm not standing for this. You've got that one wrong, that one. Mm. And you can not like that as a supporter. And again, I'm sure there's Evertonians listening thinking, I don't like that. But the point of that is, that's part of what the job is. And he's now got 191 appearances, but at the end of 2003-04, the season when Gerard got the captaincy, he had 170. So Ger- Henderson's now got 21 more Premier League appearances under his belt than Gerard had at the end of the season where he got the captaincy. Mm. Lampard was at the same sort of point when he was becoming a more senior player at Chelsea. There's this moment, I think, when you've got to... You know, it's easy to say, bring in more experience. But if you're bringing in lads who are 24, 25, 26, 27, who've won something, then the chances are they're still at a football club who they really think are going to keep winning. They've won something, so that club's good enough to win things, and they're likely to keep winning things. Mm. They're expensive to get, they're hard to get, and they're at the peak of the powers... Liverpool have made this bed and you can argue about the rights or wrongs of the bed that they've made but this is the bed so they've got to lie in it now wherein you've got Henderson there you've got to give him put him in the centre of the pitch which is where he wants to be keep him there as much as you can and then from there from, from now to the end of the season get him in there in the centre of the pitch no matter what shape you're playing make sure you've got him in there and then just go from there and build from there Well I, I mean I, I've seen a lot of people I think Andy Heaton tweeted about it say who do you get to replace Steven Gerrard I think the, the short and sweet answer to that is I don't think he has to be replaced No he actually can't be But it, in, in terms of Liverpool's um, approach to things and you know you're talking about stuff off the pitch you're talking about his admiration from fellow pros who haven't even played with him yeah. saying how much of a great professional leader he is um, I, you can't replace that you're right and I think the sooner people wake up and realise that this needs to now be the start of something else, not a continuation. Like when Carragher retired, you know, it, it was a similar thinking that oh, who's our, you know, who's our scouse fullback now? Who's our scouse uh, centre half? Sorry. Now you're like, who, who's Stephen Gerrard's replacement? Who do we get? We need someone scouse youngster in the team. Yeah, that's, that's all very good, even sentiment. But the the, the cold light of day is you can't replace that thing. So. You have to therefore do something else. Yeah, you just have to get on. And you have to keep moving forward, I think. Yeah. And I think the most important thing about this is that is that you get Henderson in there, uh, you get him you, you you give him the responsibility of the position and then come the end of the season he, he gets the responsibility of the role. I don't think important anyone in over the top of his head is is a smart move because I just think it's it, it kills his morale, but also yeah. the, the, those are the lads in that dressing room, they know who he is. But there's a, there's now a crop of these Liverpool players who are you know, of an age where they're about to become footballers, mm. if you see what I mean. I mean, Coutinho's still only 22, 23. He's about to become a senior professional. Yeah. That moment when you go from from promising youngster to senior professional mm. is upon him. Um, and he's got to take it. He's got to, go, he's got to run with it. Yeah. Uh, Sacco is in a similar boat and there's, in the same way that from now until the end of the season, I wouldn't I wouldn't be moving Henderson. I wouldn't be moving, However much he annoyed me against Leicester, yeah. I wouldn't I'd be moving Sacco. Does the, the local thing play a part for this? Because, I mean... It, it, it is an issue, I think, in, in terms of... I mean, that that was part of Stephen Gerrard's character. Does that have to still be an issue? Does that have to be that foundation in a Liverpool side? Win. I don't think it does. Win. Yeah. Paper, paper yeah. over the cracks. It's the sort of thing you talk about when you're not winning. Yeah. If you know, if Liverpool have a poor season next season and they lose a Merseyside derby... It's Where's the, the first, local influence? It's the first thing that'll be said. If Liverpool play the Merseyside derby next season, it's, it's the tenth game and they've won the first nine and they make it ten out of ten, mm. then no one will say, where's the local influence? Winning papers over every crack, papers answers every question. And this is the key thing that I think needs... And, it, you know, this is fundamentally what the attitude shift 
needs to be at the football club and this is you know the, the drum I will bang till the end of time I do think that you need a local core I do think that you need to feel as though you've got young players coming through I do think that all of that's really really important but in terms of a short term discussion about what you need to do as a football club <coughs> you just need to win mm. and you need to be aiming you know, if you're Liverpool you need to be genuinely saying we're going into next season to win the title and you need to have a plan to execute to win the title mm. that's what you've got to say even if you can't do it even if it transpires that it's you know it, even if it doesn't happen it's not the winning the, the title that's the important thing it's the attempting to do so and one of the issues with the summer's business just gone it was that it wasn't a summer that was aimed at winning the title it was a summer that was aimed at consolidating Stephen Gerrard going you know it doesn't make any difference all this sort of stuff's got to be there. Have you got to have a strong youth set up? Yes. Have you got to be bringing people through? Yes. Is it better if those lads are local? Yes. But Flanagan's around the place. Rossiter should have had more games this season. He should be on the bench. Uh, he certainly should be on the bench tonight. We'll hopefully get that team news in a minute. You know, all this sort of stuff's there for you. And that's what it can be done. Yeah, I, I, I just think it, it's fascinating. Not not simply Gerard leaving, which is a headline in itself, but it's fascinating how others react to it. Neil, I think, in in terms of players, I mean, if you're, you're sitting there now, how, how different players react, I mean, we can only speculate how that would ensue, but, you know, you look at a Sterling, does he sit there now and think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the main attraction in this side now. Does he then thrive on the fact that Steven Gerrard's not going to be there? It'll be personality types. Yeah. Some will, some won't, but also I think that... Uh, I think that there needs to be the idea of what it actually is about because it wasn't about Steven Gerrard anyway this season. In this in the way in which last season, the second half of last season, Gerrard's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. But he's the catalyst is Suarez. He's made to look great because of Sturridge Sturridge's runs. He's being supported everywhere by Henderson and Henderson's running. You know, Gerard in the second half of the season it, it, he's magnificent at times he really truly is magnificent but the point is he's not the footballer that he was between 06 and 09 when he could do it on his own when you know from 2005 from when he goes to right midfield in 2005 until 2009 he could he could basically result you in three goals a game whether it's putting them in the net the back himself or creating to such an extent and just being such a force last season in a sense he was more human he was better it was good it, it, there was some performance in there that were magnificent. You look at Fulham away last season where not just the, the penalty that he scores in the end, but, you know, he, he plays the defence split and pass for Sturridge's equaliser. Uh, he was very present, very aggressive on the pitch. Suarez didn't actually play very well at Fulham last year away. Liverpool win the game 3-2. Yeah. Sturridge gets the pen. Gerard scores it. You know, it, the, it, it's not to downgrade what he did last year. If anything, it's to say that what he did last year was, you know, he got these this gang of young lads, he got them going, he got them playing, he dragged them through. Does emphasis change this season now? Because, I mean, we've said, I mean, the last time we were on air, you, you said that it's all about the league for Liverpool. You're not bothered about the Cups, the sort of a, a throwaway issue. Does it change now that it is like... It doesn't for me, but I think it does for, for other for people. Many, yeah. for, for supporters and also, you know, I'm I'm very f fixated now on the idea that every every decision Liverpool make between now and when they next win the league should be about winning the league. And it shouldn't be about anything else ever. Mm. But I think, for, yeah, I mean, for other people because they'll, they'll, they'll want to see that. But I think anyway, there's no doubt that Brendan Rodgers, if you look at the, the side he's picked, this season in the, in the in the League Cup, at the Carling Cup, he wants trophy. He feels as though it would help him to get a trophy. Yeah, I, I can appreciate the arguments of winning begets winning, so you get this situation where in a, any sort of trophy this season would help this group of, of younger players to feel what they need to well, do. It's helped Brendan Rodgers more than anyone. It's helped Brendan Rodgers. It's helped those young players. It's more, you know, 
<laughs> this sounds as trite as it sounds, and it sounds awful, and people will be fuming about it. Liverpool are all right for League Cups. We've got loads of them. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have what lens one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it sounds terrible, and there'll be people going, "Oh, it should all be about winning trophies." As far as I'm concerned, all I want to see is everything be, be pitched towards that. But I can see the argument where you say, "Well, you know, if you win the League Cup, then these lads know what it is to win. They, they'll mm. have this," and and I can completely see that. I'm, I'm being mostly trite when I say I'm not bothered by the League Cup, but I do think that again, there's, there should be no comfort blankets. If this this season Liverpool finish thirty points off the pace, then I don't care if they win a cup treble. They've failed, yeah. and that's the you know. And when I say Liverpool, there I don't just mean the players, and I don't just mean the manager. I mean f- from from John Henry right the way down to whoever's doing the tea. You've failed, yeah. and I think that that's that's something which you 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 if you you should only be about league titles. You shouldn't be about consolidation. You shouldn't be about top four. Anything else is a bonus. You know, any of these cups are a bonus, but there's one thing that you've got to be about in everything you do, in every level of the football club, from the under-12s right the way through to John Henry, it should be about winning the league. And now the biggest sadness is Gerard won't do that. This is it, all in the game, Neil Atkinson, Dave Downey, I've been talking for ages. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.99. It's the uh, traditional part three search for the pen as uh, Dave does the maths as we work right the way through. We might have some team news for you here and all in the game before, uh, before you can cliff over to uh, Radio City to get uh, get Steve Hoddersall and Neil Meller doing the business for you uh, down at um, it's, it's King's Meadow, isn't it? I think is it is King's it? Meadow? I think it's, it's called. I don't know what it's I'm called. Sure. I want it to be Sellers Park. It's not Sellers Park, Dave. Oh, sorry, Stadium MK. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, great set of lads. Them. Um, <laughs> we will uh, we'll be looking into all that for you um, in a second or two. Dave's just going to do some mathematics and work out what time we've got to cease talking uh, before you uh, switch over to uh, to City ninety six point seven to listen to that game. Um, I'm expecting a, an interesting game tonight. Uh, fundamentally, Liverpool should just have too much for them. Um, it shouldn't be that 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 complicated a thing there will be rocky moments there'll be a big 10 certainly the first 10 they've got a lad up front who's um, who's, you know infamously enormous Um, so you know I think it's going to be an interesting game but but ultimately Liverpool should have too much what about Evan at West Ham Uh, sorry at home Uh, to West Ham um, do you know what I I sort of talked myself into it the other day that I wouldn't be actually bothered if we lost it but like you said I think only winning breeds momentum breeds confidence so it's going to be a scrappy affair. It really will be. It's going to be a horrible game to watch, like the Stoke one was on Boxing Day. Um, I, I don't know. I could see. I could see it going to replay, which would be a horrible case scenario, uh, Neil. It'd be awful if it what's went to the, What's your next home league? City. You got City on Saturday. Yeah. City. We've got well three home games on the bounce now. We've got West Ham at home, City, and West Brom. Right. Okay. Okay. Tony Pulis is West Brom, by the way. Yeah, Tony Pulis is West Brom. No, 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 no one else is West Brom. Yeah. Tony Pulis is West Brom. I think it's it's going to be a. I think that I I think it's a game Everton need to win. I really just think you just need to win and just get it out the way. Yeah, and then it doesn't matter what it, it really doesn't matter what competition it could be. It could even be that uh, rubber game in the Europa League. It, it is imperative that we get something on the board quickly. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, Neil, I don't see where it's coming from. I don't know what team he's going to play. And that, I think that's the crux of the problem at the moment. He really isn't settled on an 11 that he can say, yeah, you'll go and get the job done. You is may well partially, lose 1-0. Is but, that partially because of Jagielka's absence as well? Is that not helping him this? Yeah, it's, it's Jagielka, it's McCarthy. Um, like you said, that's spine of the team. You get that back. But also, I mean, it, it, the, the squad just simply isn't good enough at the moment. It really isn't. And he proved that. I, I wish I could have spoke about it a little bit more. I probably should have earlier in the show. That Southampton um, was, was ridiculous because he left the same team and didn't make any substitutions. 
is uh, a man who says earlier on the season that Everton are more than good enough to have a squad uh, with cover in every position mm. and to change games. He doesn't make a substitution, then comes out and says that uh, the players on the pitch he thought were good enough, the bonds on the bench were, no, were not good enough to come on and affect the game. It, it, it doesn't make sense at the moment, and uh, I'm concerned. I am concerned. Uh, but... You know, I, I still put my faith in him because I think he's he's still the best thing that's happened to Everton in a long time, I still think. It's difficult, it's difficult to know, again, the side that you play against West Ham. It's also, you know, you don't know what side West Ham are going to pick. Mm. This is the other thing, West Ham are, are, they are almost as much of an X-factor and this is Everton, I think. Yeah. You, don't know what, you don't know what they're going to try and do. I think it would be smart for West Ham to take the FA Cup very seriously this year because I actually think they've, they've, they, they could win it with a nice draw. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're coming across like the sort of side at the moment. No one would want to go there. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to get a tough side, you want to get it at home. Um, um, the issue I think Everton have got, the issue Martinez has got, is that I think that Allardyce will be made up with a draw. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'd love a replay, Allardyce. He really would love a replay. Because he has got a squad. I mean, he was only looking um, yesterday at their squad. He has got a squad that can, that can, again, plan B. He's got one that can do that. Do you know what I mean? Downing's been phenomenal this season. He really has. Yep. And it pains me to say it, because I think the lad's an awful footballer. But... He's been brilliant for them so far this season, and uh, they can play both ways. They can mix it up, and they can they can have it on the deck as well. So, uh, yeah, Sam Allardyce would love a point. Absolutely love it. You, you, you get that draw, get you back there, and then um, you know. I, I, I've, got no, I've got no idea when these replays take place. I barely know what I'm up to with the FA Cup. It's been absolute carnage. This it's um, silly. I, I think it's reaching all time low this time. We're in fact Liverpool playing on Monday night, Everton on a Tuesday night, and the game starts, on a weekend of the, the FA Cup. The game started on the Friday. Yeah, and we've got the draw tonight as well. Have we got the draw tonight? Yeah. I, I see. I don't know. I've got no idea where I'm up to with so, it at all. At I least we're in the fourth round draw by default. So I know lads have run round. <laughs> That's my. Yeah. This is the. I, I know lads have run round and Blythe Spartans went out yeah. and Wrexham went out yesterday. And, and QPR apart from got that, beat at home by someone. Yeah, QPR got Sheffield beat. United. And um and and City grabbed something late against Sheffield. Sheffield too. Yeah. I'm, apart from that, I'm pretty vague. I presume everyone who should have gone through has gone through. Yeah, that sort of gives me a little bit of a downbeat attitude towards it because I think. Have Spurs yes, played? Yes, yes, with a win. Uh, have Spurs played? Oh, I'll tell you what, this is great sports radio. I really don't know. This, why they, pay the, played, this is why they pay us the big bucks. Spurs are not in it this season, I don't think. I think Spurs are just, just, <laughs> yes. just, just not for them. They're omitted from it. Uh, I've got no idea on whether or not Spurs have played. Everyone else appears to be through. Uh, we'll see the draw tonight, see if Spurs are in it. Uh, they can tell you what number they are with a bit of luck as well. I think it's going to be... I think it's a funny. It's a. Fu- it's 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 such a funny approach to these games. The fact that they're now Friday till Tuesday, I just don't know what to do with it at all. Uh, in amongst the darts as well, so it wasn't great. No one knew what was going on. Darts so. was decent though. Darts, darts is fantastic. Um, but anyway, <laughs> this is uh, this is getting mildly off the point. So, what's your prediction? One-one, a dogged one-all draw, and they'll probably equalise late on and take us up to park and. It'll be like a whole game, uh, and we'll probably get hard Premier League away in the fourth round as well. So there'll be no incentive to win the game. <laughs> that's that's how downhearted I am at the moment. It's hugely downhearted, it's terribly downhearted, endlessly downhearted. Or I'm, I'm going to go with uh, for Everton versus West West Ham. I'm going to be the upbeat one. I think that Everton will get something two one. I think Sam might uh, might overcomplicate things in some way, shape, or form. He might, he might try and rotate and be no clever. No skin tonight. Yeah, I think it might be one of them. For us, um, I, I just think that Liverpool again. Uh, if you if Liverpool play well for twenty minutes, they should. Take the game away from them. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's it, one of them funny ones like Oldham. I, I think really, it, I want it to be a funny one. I think it might be, and that's my worry. Really, it's on the telly. The, everyone's blood's going to be up. Everyone's going to be going for really it. Jones, Dennis oh, Wise, God, side, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's going to be horrific for all that. But you Dave know, Besant. yeah. But if it goes off, you know, Liverpool have got Steve Hodgson there, um, and they've got Neil Mellor as well. So this has been all in the game this week. Neil Atkinson and David Downey get on City, get on Radio City now. <laughs> 